At last, a spring-like day, and we welcome it. You know, at this particular point in my life, I don't know why, but I enjoying, enjoy watching TV shows about food. <laughs> I don't know why, but I do. And I don't know what that says about me, but hopefully it says something good. Some of these shows include Lydia's Kitchen with the celebrity chef Lydia Bastianich on PBS, whose specialty is Italian food. Any Lydia fans out there? Okay, there you go. Another is the Great British Baking Show. Anybody like that one? Oh, there you go. A, a more recent find is uh, a Netflix series entitled Somebody Feed Phil. Anybody heard of this? I didn't think so. It's kind of weird. <laughs> so it's hosted by a guy named Phil Rosenthal, who is a very funny man and the creator of the TV series Everybody loves Raymond. Who would have thought? He goes around the world, this Phil Rosenthal, trying new foods in different countries, thereby meeting and connecting with, with new people. My wife June and I really get a kick out of him. It is fascinating because food is something which really does connect us with one another, no doubt about it. If we had the time, it would be great for all of us to share a memorable meal that each of us has enjoyed. Maybe it was at a favorite restaurant somewhere sometime. Maybe it was part of a special trip or vacation. Maybe it was a home-cooked meal with family or friends, grandma's fried chicken or Aunt Ethel's famous potato salad. Whatever it was, we tend to remember these special meals. They stick with us, don't they? On this Monday, Thursday evening, there are two special meals that are before us in our scripture lessons for this evening. The institution of the Passover meal, which is in the Old Testament reading from Exodus chapter 12, and the institution of the Lord's Supper, which is in tonight's epistle lesson in 1 Corinthians 11. One leads to the other as the blood of the sacrificial Passover lambs point us to the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, depicted on that baptismal altar plaque over there. And so our Lenten preaching series, Return from Exile, continues this evening with the theme, Meal to Meal, from the Passover to the Lord's Supper. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Our first meal this evening is the Passover, which commemorates the 10th and final plague that the Lord God brought upon Egypt, or more appropriately, more accurately, upon all the gods of Egypt, as represented by Pharaoh, king of Egypt. The previous nine plagues, we could have a 20 questions here to see who can remember the other nine plagues. Blood into water, right? 
the frogs, the gnats, the flies, the death of the livestock, the boils, the hail, the locusts, and the ninth was the darkness. All of those nine plagues only served to harden Pharaoh's heart. At the tenth and the final plague, the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians, that was the tipping point that made for a new beginning for God's people who had been enslaved for more than 400 years. Even how they reckoned time changed as the Passover now marked the first month of the year for them. The only thing that saved the firstborn of the Hebrews from the same fate as the firstborn of the Egyptians was the blood of the lamb painted on their doorposts and the lintel of each of their homes. With this blood, the angel of death passed over their homes. The Hebrew word is Pesach, where we get our word Paschal. And in many languages, a derivation of that Hebrew word is the word used for Easter today. Our English word is named after the Teutonic goddess of spring. There you go. So every year, year after year, God's people were to observe the Passover and remember and give thanks for what God had done for them. Every year they were to sacrifice a lamb and smear its blood at the entrance to their homes as their ancestors had done. Every year they were to eat this special meal of roasted lamb, of unleavened bread, of bitter herbs, giving thanks for God's mighty deliverance in bringing his people out of Egypt. Over the course of the centuries, the meal has changed somewhat since the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in 70 AD. Lambs are no longer sacrificed. But our Jewish friends and neighbors still celebrate Passover every year. And this begins at sundown tomorrow evening. Thousands and thousands of lambs later Countless generations later, Jesus gathers with his disciples in the upper room to celebrate the Passover meal. They eat, they drink, they remember, they give thanks for the great salvation which God had accomplished for his people in bringing them out of slavery in Egypt. It is in the context of this Passover meal that Jesus institutes a new meal. The Lord Jesus 
on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The old covenant of many, many lambs being sacrificed to deliver the people gives way to the new covenant of one spotless lamb without blemish who would become the sacrifice to end all sacrifices. Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, takes that unleavened bread and that cup of wine and through them gives not just bread and wine, but his very body and his very blood given and shed for you. This is the new meal, the new meal of the Lord's Supper that Jesus instituted and to which he invites us this very evening on the anniversary of its founding. As the old meal of Passover celebrated God's mighty deliverance from slavery in Egypt, so the new meal of the Lord's Supper celebrates God's mighty deliverance from our slavery to sin and to death and to condemnation and to a downward spiral into a meaningless existence without God. Through this gift, we return from exile out of the house of bondage into a new freedom, into a new covenant sealed with the blood of Jesus. Each time we come to the table of the Lord and in repentant faith receive the gifts that only he can give, we are joined to Jesus and Jesus is joined to us. Even our very communing here at the Lord's altar becomes a living witness to the world, as Paul tells us in that epistle lesson this evening. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It is through the Lord Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, whose blood does indeed cleanse us from all sin, that we are able to do what he has commanded us to do. Love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another.
On this Monday, Thursday evening, the sermon has talked about two special meals, the Passover and the Lord's Supper. But in truth, there is a third special meal that awaits us. It is yet to be revealed, but Scripture often speaks of it. It is the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom. And you and I have been invited. We're invited, not because of how important we are or what we have accomplished, nor are we uninvited because we may be weak in faith or think ourselves too sinful or unclean. No, the invitation comes only through the amazing grace of our amazing Savior, Jesus. This is the feast which Jesus has prepared for us in the courts of heaven. When we come here to the Lord's altar to receive Christ's true body and blood given and shed for us, it points us ahead to that great marriage feast of the Lamb of God where we will eat and drink with him in heaven. As we then enter into this sacred mystery of these three days, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter Vigil, and Easter Day, may the Lord Jesus bless our eating and our drinking in this special meal here at his altar this evening and prepare us for that special meal that awaits us in heaven. Amen.